0: Christine, and you are listening to side grace a place and a space that was created for all things mental health all discussions and conversations surrounded a brown mental health we also approach mental health with a side of grace aka why I called it side grace I share intimate stories about the things that I'm going through and my growth journey throughout this year and years prior in hopes that it increases insight for you on your own mental health. So thank you for joining me today here in this safe space, and I hope you approach everything with a side of grace. We are going to start the podcast right now. This week on my podcast episode, I decided to talk about something that I personally feel a lot And I know a lot of other people have been impacted by too. This week, I decided to talk about imposter syndrome. My favorite person. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But like I was saying, so many people feel a sense of imposter syndrome. And it might not be everyone, but you are pretty lucky to like throw a rock in a lake and hit someone with imposter syndrome. I don't even think that analogy makes sense, but (laughs) what I'm trying to say is that there might be a lot of people who are walking right beside you who have imposter syndrome, and they might know, or they might not, and they might feel like, you know, all the things that they're doing isn't, they don't feel like they're worthy of it, or they, you know, they might feel like they're not even doing that great of a job. You can find imposter syndrome in so many different spaces, you know, you can find it in work. You can find it in relationships, in friendships. You can find it in relationships like parental roles. So, you know, feeling like you're an imposter, like as a mom. There are so many academic imposter syndrome scenarios that you can be faced with. There can also be creative spaces that you can feel very imposter-like in. And so that's why I think it's so important to have this discussion this week about imposter syndrome because sometimes and I feel like a lot of people at some point goes through an imposter syndrome but oftentimes we are kind of just we might be caught in a circular kind of motion of you know I'm not doing good enough so on so forth even if you don't feel like you have imposter syndrome you might be able to relate at times right so I think it's just important to have this conversation and open up to the floor, and open up to all of you. So that's a great segue because I opened up the question of the week to all three of my platforms on Instagram. And I really wanted to get a good understanding and a grasp of what people have experienced, what people haven't experienced. And I kind of want you to be able to connect with other people and feel like, wow, so I'm not alone when I feel like, you know, I have this imposter syndrome. So that's really my goal with the question of the week is to make people feel like there are other people out there. You know, there are other people who feel the exact same way that I do. So the question that we expanded across all three of my platforms, the first one is, have you ever felt like an imposter? Maybe in school, your job. Um, in relationships and etc. cetera, right? And so the results to that was 91% people say, yes, they have experienced imposter syndrome. And I've had 9% said, no, they haven't experienced imposter syndrome, right? So again, that shows you how likely it is for all of us to feel it at some point in time, right? So then the next question that I asked was, has imposter syndrome made you question your own self worth or ability? So out of that, again, I had a pretty large amount of people answer this. So I had 97, 3% of you said, yes, it has made a really big impact. And I've had 3% of you said no, which is also okay. And then the next question that I kind of tagged along with it was, have you ever missed out on an opportunity because you did not feel qualified or felt like an imposter? And you can probably guess again. They were very similar this week, which I thought was really cool. But 96% of you said yes. And Sorry, I said 96, so 4% of you said no. And again, that kind of shook me to my core, seeing so many similar numbers across the span, which was really interesting. So then I opened it up really for discussion. So I wanted to hear what you guys had to say about how imposter syndrome impacts you. So I opened up that floor for any of you to kind of share, and I'm going to share these anonymously. So one person said how, you know, imposter syndrome has impacted them. They said it literally gives me anxiety. Another person said, you know, with their imposter syndrome, they often find themselves feeling, you know, this self-doubt, especially being offered an entry-level finance job, regardless of my experience, um, feeling like they can't meet unrealistic standards. Um, at a corporation um, that doesn't have the tools to support that high standards that they want, which I thought was really interesting. So this person's really talking about their job, and you know how their job is really asking for a lot, and there's not enough support from it. But it's also making them feel like an imposter, like they're not doing enough, while this job is just not providing enough for this individual, right? So those are some of the responses that I wanted to share with you, just so you guys, again, can get that familiarity that you aren't alone. You aren't alone. Um, there are other people who are experiencing this imposter syndrome, and it sucks. So now that I shared a little bit about the poll, I want to share a little bit about my own imposter syndrome and kind of what I deal with. So I don't even think I noticed that imposter syndrome was a thing. It didn't come to mind. Not at all. But I noticed that I started feeling it a lot more around the time that I got into grad school. I always was really self-secure while I was in undergrad and in all my other jobs. But once I got to graduate school, that's when it really started hitting me because I was getting these offers for all these great things, you know. I got into grad school. That in itself, like majority of the population was a lot older than me because I'm 23, So that was really hard because I kind of had to sit there and like a lot of them had kids or they're like really in these jobs and that they've been in for a while. Like it just felt I was like, wow, I'm super young. Like maybe I shouldn't be here. There was that sense of insecurity for me there. But then finally, I kind of moved through that and I said, you know what? I deserve this position. I got it. You know, I deserve this spot in grad school. Moving on into grad school really short after maybe two months after first starting grad school I got a really great job that not a lot of people my age would have the opportunity to get and I got a really fantastic job and I just remember again going to a space where everyone was older than me and I was just like I was like why am I here like I literally remember saying that so many times I was like And I run group where I work at this hospital. So that also makes it really difficult for me because I'm like, I'm like, whoa. And so that's hard because I feel like the people that I'm working with in the group, my patients, they're a lot older than me too. They're like middle, like mid-age range. They're also like elderly individuals and they're having bills, kids, like And so sometimes it was really hard for me because I felt like, you know, sometimes they kind of judge my age and because I was 23 and that kind of I would go home a lot and just feel like, wow, um, should I even be here right now? Like, is this the right time? And I was again, I had to kind of sit within that and be like, you know what? No, I deserve it. If I didn't deserve it, then I wouldn't have been hired. Also, same with my podcast. Oftentimes, I feel like an imposter um, in my podcast space. And if I'm going to be frankly honest, I love what I do. But it's really hard in a sense like I know I'm not a professional yet. You know, I have to get licensed. I start my practicum next semester. Um, And so even though I've been running group, even though I've been in the clinical space for a really long time, It is hard for me to sit here sometimes and be like, am I doing a good job? Like, I see so many other podcasters and I'm just like, wow, like, they're doing amazing. Like, I wonder if my podcast audience is feeling like I'm doing a good job. And I think that's the new phase that I'm trying to work through, because sometimes it's really hard to remind myself with this podcast that I'm just sharing the knowledge that I know. And someone, I always say this, someone will always come out when they need it, right? Like I'm, I will never try to grasp people. I want to be there for people who really need it. Um, and I'll never force people to come, you know, I'll never force my, my information on people. I want them to come naturally. So it's really hard for me with my imposter syndrome now. And I think that's a new one that I have, which is my podcast. And I love what I do. I love being a podcaster, but let me tell you, it definitely has synced in and it's hard, but I'm working through it. And, you know, having you guys listen is always worth it for me. So now that I got to share a little bit more about my story and kind of, you know, how imposter syndrome impacts me, now we're gonna move into the tangible stuff that we can kind of grasp, right? Now we're gonna move into, you know, what is the definition of imposter syndrome? We're also gonna talk about the three common types of imposter syndrome. So there's three, three common ones, you know, and then we kind of talk about as well, like how does imposter syndrome develop? And then lastly, we really talk about how do we shed that coat of imposter syndrome and walk into the new confident individual that we wanna be and whatever we wanna do. So now we're going to start off into the definition, right? So I pulled this off the internet. It's from, where is it? Webster Dictionary. And so the definition of imposter syndrome is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own effort of skills. So basically, like we were saying before, feeling like, you know, we're not... Deserving our skills aren't really meeting what we think it should be meeting for the desired um, activity that we need to be doing Again though the definition of imposter syndrome is so unique, right? So whatever you define imposter syndrome. I Will never tell you what it is or it's not So now we're gonna move into the three common types of imposter syndrome. I thought this was really interesting So the first type is the, I'm a fraud, right? So this is the type, I'm a fraud. And this is really when an individual, you know, they feel like they've been unrevealed or unmasked and often feel like their true self will be dug up and exposed eventually. They don't feel like they're actually qualified to do what they're doing. They feel like they're kind of making it, faking it, what is it called again? Fake it until you make it kind of situation. So they feel like they're a fraud. And that's one type of imposter syndrome. The second type of imposter syndrome is the, it is just luck. So this is when a person credits their uh, achievements to luck and just luck. You might see other things that are similar, like I'm not really smart or talented enough for this. So you might also see like besides people saying, you know, it's just luck, they might also say I'm not really smart or talented or qualified for this position. You might even hear I was just in the right place at the right time. So that's the second type of imposter syndrome. So the first one is I'm a fraud. The second one might be, it's just my luck or it's just luck. And then the third and final one is, oh, this old thing. So let me clarify that a little bit more for you. So this is when you reply to compliments like, oh, this old thing. Um, and this is a sense of uh, like false modesty, right? So it's hard to take a compliment. So oftentimes if you are in a role and someone goes, oh, my God, you are so good at what you do. You might kind of say like, oh, really? I don't really think so. No, you're just lying. No, you're not telling me the truth kind of thing. Like it's hard oftentimes for people with imposter syndrome to accept compliments. So you might see them kind of try to brush it off a lot. And oftentimes it doesn't feel real. You know, that compliment doesn't feel real. We don't believe you kind of thing. So that's also the third type. So again, to reiterate, we have the first one, which is I'm a fraud. The second one, which is it's just my luck. And the third one is, oh, this old thing. So that's just good to keep in mind. You know, you might find yourself, maybe you fluctuate in all three, maybe two or maybe just one. And that's fine. And there are so many other ones, but these are just three popular ones that are often seen. But again, I definitely can say for myself that I've done or I have felt that I'm a fraud. I've also felt like this old thing kind of scenario. So now we're going to move into how does imposter syndrome develop? So there are many, many different ways on how imposter syndrome can develop, right? Sometimes it feels like it's kind of out of the blue, but then there's times where you can kind of tie it back to certain things. So I'm gonna go through three of those for you right now. The first way how imposter syndrome can develop is the phrase or, you know, when someone tells you, you're so amazing, using people using phrase like, you're so amazing, you're so smart, you know? There's this author, her name is Carol Dweck, Dr. Carol Dweck, and she wrote, um, I, can't I think it was the Growth Mindset book, yes. If I'm not correcting, any, anyone can correct me here, but I'm pretty sure it's the Growth Mindset book, and I read it, love it, fantastic. But she talks about this in her book, and she talks about how parents who over-appraise their kids, over-tell their kids, you're amazing, you're so smart, you're so pretty, right? There's parents who do that who think they're doing a great thing, which they are. But oftentimes, children, and ourselves included, without really knowing, this lose that there's no more space to grow, right? And that's how you can get that fixed mindset of like, And that's oftentimes why people feel like intelligence or being smart, it's either like you got it or you don't, right? And so that, again, that alludes to that belief that you're you're either smart or you're not, you're either pretty or you're not, like all those different aspects and qualities that people really value in people. Oftentimes, parents are telling their children that a lot. And so children are having a really hard time with accepting failure, accepting, um, to more so develop that growth mindset. And I can speak from own personal experience. My own nephew, he struggles with that. You know, he struggles with feeling like he's a failure, um, feel like he's not smart. He's not smart enough. Like it might be the minor thing that he got like incorrect. And anytime I try to kind of walk him through it, It's just really hard for him to process. And he automatically just thinks he's a failure. So oftentimes imposter syndrome can really stem from those over appraisal phrases Like you're so smart. You're so pretty. Because again, it's like where can. It's like, oh, if you're so smart, if you're so pretty, you can't get any higher than that. Or you can't achieve more than that in a sense. And I think that's where people can really get like tough with that because if I'm constantly thinking that I'm so smart, right, and if I fail once or if I don't do good once, you know, I might feel like an imposter. Imposter, I might feel like a fraud. And if I'm not achieving at this one thing at all, I most definitely might feel like an imposter in that scenario. So it's just a food for thought to think about that. And so that's the first one. The second one is one of these things are like not the others. So this one is really focusing on like groups like women uh, women, minorities, also LGBTQI plus two, and all those communities that feel like they're not really represented well. Why is this often stemmed with imposter syndrome? Well, being in a role of a, like a minority or just not a well represented group, you feel like you have to be this high achiever, you know, you have to be the representative, you have to be like this strong individual, you can't mess up. And oftentimes these groups are continuously comparing themselves or their achievement to the vast majority of properly represented groups or cultures. Um. So this oftentimes, you might not feel as qualified because you're measuring your achievements to those who kind of have more doors open to them, right? So that's kind of saying it's me as a black woman, um, not being able, kind of feeling like I have to be really high achieving all the time, right? Oftentimes makes me feel like I'm a fraud, but it feels like I have to be achieving. I have to be this. I have to be that. And When I compare myself to other people of majority groups, it's kind of hard because it's just like, wow, they have all these things. Um, And so you might be comparing yourself in that way, but it can look very different for everyone else. Right. So then we move into the third one, which is the side effects of mediocrity. So this usually happens when you're being compared to others. Right. Right. And these high achievers oftentimes feel like they should be getting all the awards, right? You feel like you constantly should be getting awards, promotions, achievements, like you should always be getting them, right? Um, But when they aren't achieving these things and when they lose those opportunities, when they're not getting those promotions, when they're not getting those awards, they oftentimes can be instantly felt with being like a phony. They oftentimes feel like, oh, like... I'm a fraud. I'm a phony. Like, why am I not achieving? Why am I not doing well? And so it's important, again, that the side effects of mediocrity. So feeling like you're mediocre, you know, feeling like you're not achieving things. And then being compared to other people, you know, seeing that person who got the promotion and you compare yourself to them, you're just like, oh, like what? It It might be a case where you're just like, what am I doing? Like, why am I not? Why am I not achieving so well like they are? And so that's something to really point out and just be aware of. And that might be something that you experience as well. So how do you shed your imposter syndrome skin and walk into a new confident you? I'm taking these. I'm taking these tips for myself because with the podcast, like I said, I oftentimes can feel like an imposter. But it's okay but there are some tips that you can take and just reminders right and so i'm going to name off some few but also we can kind of brainstorm some of our own so the first one that they have is know that the feeling of imposter syndrome is normal you're not wrong for feeling that it doesn't make you um doesn't make you a bad person It doesn't make you any less than someone else because you feel this way. It is okay to feel this feeling. The second one is to remind yourself of all the accomplishments that you've accomplished, okay? And I mean, like, remind yourself of all the accomplishments. And what I mean by that and why I'm putting so much emphasis on that is because oftentimes we overlook the small things, okay? We overlook the small accomplishments. We might think, oh, what's the big deal about it? I say to everyone, and I do this for myself, and I try to do it routinely, is that I want to celebrate such the minor things. Like, I'm proud of, like, I will literally tell myself, like, I'm proud of going to class today. I'm proud that I got up and made breakfast. I'm proud that I got a drink of water. I am proud of myself for taking my vitamins. Okay? Why do I tell myself that? It's because I want to remind myself that there are so many little things that I'm doing that are so um, often not celebrated. And it should be celebrated, right? I'm proud of myself for finishing a paper. I didn't want to do the paper, but I finished it. And I'm proud of myself for that. And that's an accomplishment, okay? So celebrate all those accomplishments and remind yourself of all the accomplishments that you have completed and that you have done. The third one is to tell your feelings to a friend or maybe your favorite teacher or professor um, or a close colleague or a family member. You know, sometimes it's really reminded to go to the, it's really nice to be reminded um, of who you truly are, right? So going to someone close to you who just reminds you that you're more than your accomplishments, you know, you're kind, you're smart, right? You are continuously trying every single day to have people tell you that and just remind you of who you are to the core is really, really nice. But if you meet people who kind of say like, oh, just get over it, I highly recommend to just walk away. Remove yourself from that space, son. Okay, we don't need that. The fourth one is to remember it's okay um, not to know what you're doing. I know that, like... I know that it can be hard, but remind yourself that it's okay not to know what you're doing. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask your supervisor for help. It's okay to ask for some clarification. Okay, we're continuously learning. We are human beings. We are always going to be learning. And so don't feel like you need to know it all. Okay, please ask for help and remind yourself that it's okay that you don't know. And then the fifth one is to expect initial failure, allow yourself to fail. So for example, if you're starting a new position at a job, right? Expect yourself to fail at a task, you know, and then remind yourself that it's okay to do that and it's okay to ask for help. I think it's the one thing that I'm really, I always try to remind myself is, you know, if I'm at work and something doesn't go right, even though I've been there now for a while, But if something doesn't go right, I literally just, I tell myself I'm human, right? Sometimes it might get to me, but I remind myself, I'm like, I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. This doesn't make me any less qualified for the position that I'm in. I'm learning and I'll continuously learn to be better and to be better in the position that I am. I do that as well with um, powerlifting. I do that with friends and family and relationships because, again, you're continuously learning. So it's important to be kind to yourself during those learning periods. So on that note, I am so glad that we got to talk about imposter syndrome because ooh, that is my Favorite topic to talk about. I think me and my grad um, colleagues, we always make jokes about it because we're just like, I feel it. Like we feel like sometimes an imposter, right? But I'm really glad that I got to talk about it with you guys because it makes me really happy that we're able to have this conversation. And I'm glad that I get to open the door for a different topic and one that I think a lot of people can sometimes sit down and think about while they listen. So this is my reminder that it's okay to fail. You're doing a great job. You'll continuously do a great job and you are qualified. And the reason that you're in the position that you're in is because there is a reason. Okay? So thank you again for listening to Grace. You can leave a like and a review. Share this with a family or a friend who you think that this could really help today or this week. Also, share it on your story um, and subscribe to my podcast episode as well. And also follow me on Psy Grace Instagram. Thank you so much. I am your host, Aaliyah Grace Dean. I hope you have a wonderful week and I can't wait for you to hear the next one.